Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. Dave, it's the last episode of the year, man. Episode 80. How you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing good. I mean, uh, you know, did you ever think we'd hit 80? Hell, it's uh, amazing. It's been a long time, brother. I know. I know. <laughs> well, holidays aside, what's up in your model sphere? Uh, holidays are part of it. It just... You know, as I've referred to in past podcasts, I refer to Thanksgiving to New Year as the dark time, and that I don't get much modeling or modeling-related stuff done. This past two weeks, uh, I was occupied with other things, buying gifts, wrapping gifts, uh, uh, scrambling to arrange and rearrange Christmas plans, uh, though not not as bad as you were, but I did get modeling-related stuff done. Uh, I spent a fair amount of time talking to modelers by text or DM or, or stuff like that. I did get some modeling done and planning, well, a long-planned uh, modeling acquisition is in the near-term future thanks to... Uh, Thanks to the way the uh, Christmas holiday broke, so All right. my my model model sphere's uh, getting energized, and I can't wait for the new year. How about you? Uh, a lot of the same, man. I've been busy uh, with the holiday stuff, but we've managed to have a, a good one thus far, and got plans for New Year's. So plans helps. So your plan for New Year's is for your wife to go to bed early and you to be down at the modeling bench, uh, really knocking it out to start the year, right? Uh, probably not, but uh, <laughs> maybe New Year's Day that will be what's going on. Um, there you go. I tell you, something in the model sphere just happened tonight, actually. Uh-oh, what? And it, it kind of interesting. Um, my wife has, well, through her... The passing of her uncle Thomas several years ago, and then uh, her parents downsizing, and then her 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 brother moving, and she's acquired all these boxes of stuff that are just troves of family photographs and memorabilia from her grandmother. Yeah. Now her grandmother uh, was a whack uh, attached to I think the Ninth Air Force. Oh, really? And. Uh, Met her grandfather over there in theater, and uh, he was a in one of the airborne units, not like the one hundred first or the eighty second, but like uh, gosh, I can't remember. Which it's a dragon's. It's a dragon's head. It's a it's yeah seventeenth airborne, airborne corps actually. Right. Um, attached to a field artillery unit that was in support of the hundred first, and he was at Bastogne. Anyway, they got married in France and all that stuff. But anyway, she's a on the couch while we're watching a movie and starts handing me all this stuff, her pay book, her, her enlistment card, all this other stuff. And then she hands me this photograph and it is a crew in front of a, with their feet up on a bomb. The bomb says with love and behind them is a B 26 Marauder. 
just forward of the engine nacelles, so you can see the the the, the hip guns on it and the right and the nose turret and the the nose art. Yeah. Now this B twenty six is the Rock Hill special. Okay. And uh, I jumped online as soon as she had me this photograph, and coincidentally, our buddy Inchai Jeff Groves. In one of his blog posts, put out a bunch of color B twenty six photographs. Yep, photographs around that bomber group, and there's a different photograph, almost the same pose in color on his website of this exact aircraft. Really? Yeah. So now I'm really curious if what what was the fate of this aircraft? There's a real good B twenty six kit, man. Seventy second scale. Well, um, according to Jeff's website, this is a C model. Oh, okay. So I don't know what that means versus the the available kits. Um little little harder to get there, but not impossible. <laughs> well, so anyway, fun stuff. I I'm gonna You you need to post that photo. I'll on rephoto the dojo. or or scan it and put it up on the dojo and uh see what comes of it because it's a really cool picture. You know, one of the great things that concerns me with the passing of uh, that generation and these families getting all of this stuff and not realizing maybe the historical value of it. There, I know there are photographs out there of things that modelers would look and go, I've never seen that before. That's a variation that, you know, and, and, I know you troll German eBay all the time looking for the photos from uh, mostly German soldiers. But, I mean, just think of how much that has contributed to our knowledge of all of the German and Russian equipment. And I worry that uh, uh, there's a similar trove that uh, that's going to disappear in the U.S., well, it'll probably surface somehow eventually. A lot of it will. I hope so. I hope it just, I mean. What have, percentage? I don't know. But uh, Yeah. I have nightmares about people throwing their grandfather's World War II photographs away. <laughs> well, also in the model sphere, let's uh, talk about what we got going on tonight. Um, we're trying something new tonight. And uh, I don't know if anybody's listening yet because I don't see anybody in the audience. But uh, we're trying a little uh Call in feature tonight, so Dave and I are just going to work our way through the through the standard format, and uh, if people show up, we'll get them on and have a few words and move along and uh, work ourselves or work our way through the outline, as I just said. And uh, if we get through it, we get through it. If we don't, we don't, and that'll be okay. Uh, but hopefully, we hear from a few people. And and one of the things is that you know we talked about. Uh, uh, the change to software that we went to, which is the current software we're using, and the expense of doing it and all. And one of the reasons that uh, really Mike wanted to do the go to this software feature, in addition to making editing a little easier for him, is the fact that it has this feature. And since it has it, we're going to try it out. This is the first time we've done this, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of work without a net and see what happens. <laughs> and uh, we communicated that to kick off about nine fifteen, and it's nine eleven by my computer, and uh, so we'll see what happens, Dave. 
Okay. Uh, well, uh, this wouldn't be episode 80. Actually, it wouldn't be any episode without a modeling fluid. Did Santa bring you modeling fluid? Uh, I don't know if Santa did. My mother-in-law did. <laughs> well, okay. She can stand in. <laughs> oh, excuse me. She got me a uh, a bottle of Michter's Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Oh, whiskey. nice stuff. Yeah, this is a pretty good one. I think yeah. I've had it on here before, but... Uh, have you had the Michter's before? I don't it's remember. It's been that. a long time because I know I haven't bought a bottle in, in well over a year. One of these days, I am going to go through all 80 episodes and listen to the first 10 minutes of each one just to, to create an Excel spreadsheet with all of the different modeling fluids just to, just to keep track of them. <laughs> what about you, my friend? Well, yeah, I got a modeling fluid. and It's a beer. Yes, or, a, it is. or maybe a cider. No, it's a beer. This <laughs> is Atomic Amber from Apocalypse Brew Works, and it's out of Louisville, Kentucky, believe it or not. I've uh, never never heard of this place, never heard of this microbrewery. I was shocked when Apocalypse Brew Works turns out to be a local. It's an amber. It's very... It, it is your classic American beer, but it it seems to have a little more body, so... I'm going to enjoy this during the episode, and at the end of the episode, we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, how how it turned out. Well, uh, you know, I've got a sticker from Apocalypse on my spray booth, and I don't remember where I got it. Do you really? I wonder yeah. where the heck it's located. Well, it's in Louisville, Dave. Yeah. Oh, down in <laughs> Melwood, down in Nulu. You know, I I'm sure I've probably driven by it before, but uh, uh, I like the label. Uh, I like the name, and so I, I took a shot. Uh, Santa or his elves uh, actually managed to provide me with a uh, bunch of new beers and a couple of bourbons that uh, I've never had before, and so those will be on upcoming episodes. All right. Well, Dave, we got a fair amount of listener mail. Not too much. I think the season kind of slowed it down a little bit. Uh, sure. But I'm high tech, man. I've actually got two computers rolling tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We've got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, but if we if we could just get modeling going on. That's right. Well we we got it going on. Yeah, I know. Uh first up tonight, Dave, is Gordon Sorensen from uh Saint Remy, Quebec from Canada. Now, he's the one who gave us the uh the maple Canadian maple whiskey at nationals. I remember that. Now, since we had, since we featured it, we were kind of uh, perplexed. We'll put it that way as to the best way to enjoy that. Yes, because uh, it is, it, it was, it had a very strong maple flavor and, and thus was uh, pretty darn sweet. Well, it's, it's undergone a, a redemption. Okay. My my wife tried it in her coffee. Yeah. And now the uh, the volume in that bottle's trending down, so <laughs> That's a great idea. Man, you've got a smart wife, man. I guess so. So, you know, if another bottle happened our way, it would not go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he sent a topic for our uh, wheel of conversation, wheel of doom, or, or whatever we're, we end up deciding to call it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll keep that uh, under the cuff for now. But uh, he also wants to give a shout out to uh, Chris from Obscurico Aircraft. Oh, okay. And uh, what did he do here? Let's see. He wanted to pick up their uh, F-100 wing set they offer, but uh, he was out of stock. I don't know if he's meant he was out of stock at nationals or if he was just out of stock uh, later. It sounds like at nationals, he was probably at nationals because Chris brings a limited supply. Yeah. So, so Gordon uh, mentioned it and he was wanted to buy it. Cause Oh, okay. It makes sense. Now he's wanting to vo- avoid the, the shipping cost. Right. It, it sounds like uh, Chris from Obscurisco. Uh, Obscureco, it's hard to say. <laughs> Obscureco uh, has actually sent him a set of these wings. Well, Chris is a, uh, I've known Chris a long time. Chris is the editor of the IPMS USA Journal, along with John Heck. He and John do a lot uh, to make that uh, magazine the quality product that it is. Uh, and Chris is a, a really good guy. And Chris has also authored several. Um, several aircraft-related books. I highly recommend uh, any of them. Um, and he also ended up doing some consulting for, uh, was it Steven Spielberg on the movie Red Tails, which, yes, I know the movie, but uh, Chris had a lot of knowledge about the Tuskegee Airmen that he was able to provide the movie makers. Now, their use of it was not you know, he had no control over that, but <laughs> Chris is a good guy. He makes some real quality stuff. I mean, he is the definition of a cottage industry because uh, he makes whatever strikes his fancy usually because he makes a master for his own use. And then he just, he, he casts it and makes it available to the rest of us. So uh, yeah, I'm not surprised he got that kind of service from Chris. Uh, up next is Mike Stucker, and he gives us a little correction from episode 79. We were talking about the Cubus kit from Mirage, the, uh, the obscure little armored car. Yes. And uh, he says that kit's actually not new. It came out in 2014. Oh, okay. And I think uh, Chris Metting mentioned that to me in, in a private message as well. Yes, it's kind of a an austere kit. Let's just call it that. <laughs> austere. I like that. <laughs> well, you know what? That is... Back back when I got back into modeling in 1982-83, I could, I could literally tell you pretty much every kit out there and who produced what and when it came out. And, you know, there were a couple of new kits every year, three or four, you know. Uh, the, the explosion of, of stuff out there it runs by. In fact, we were talking about this. Uh, Tamiya announced uh, it's a Stug Four, right? A Lang. Well, uh, Jagdpanzer Four. Jagdpanzer Four. Yes. That announcement just blew completely by. Not only me, I forget who the other person it was. Ian, we were talking with. Well, Ian. and me. Yeah, that had completely missed the announcement. Well, it's, it's their lack of uh, pomp and circumstance around their kid announcements. Yes, that's I mean, right. Usually, usually you have the, the, the you know, something physical besides a photograph, of yep. a, a, a period photograph, which yep. is typically what Tamiya does. That's all you get. Yeah, hey, we're going to do this this year. 
here's a photograph of what we're talking about. But uh, it just, yeah. So something comes back out as a reissue, and you know, I'm <laughs> if I haven't heard of it before, I'm. It's easy to for me to make the mistake and think that it's a new, a brand new kit. Well, I saw Brian Dinklow cruise, cruise through for a split second, but I couldn't get him on before it went away. So, Brian, if you're out there still, uh, <laughs> go out and try it again. We we could have a bandwidth problem from all the other stuff going on in my house. So, <laughs> so who knows? Go unplug the Xbox. That'll that'll solve it. Well, this one showed up on the dojo. This is David Waples from uh, where's he from? Three hundred three area code. That's Denver. That's the Denver area. Yeah, we, assuming we, that he actually is in that area code. <laughs> uh, now, this was about his UV paint booth, and uh, I, I think the consensus was that UV was not a cure mechanism for most of our hobby paints. Right. So that's possibly a lot of work for nothing. Unless he gets into 3D printing, then it'd be great to have a 3D cure station. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I put him onto the food dehydrators. That's what started that whole conversation. Right. Because I found a really good video. The guy I found a really good one. So you could take all the trays out and uh, have varying height shelves in there to do all kinds of stuff. But as you alluded to it, at your, at your pace and my pace, uh, that's the least of our concern yes. is how long it takes the paint to dry. <laughs> Dust is a bigger challenge than the, the paint drying quickly enough for me. So, yeah, uh, I have never been tempted to attempt to force the paint to dry quicker. Oh, man. So, David, yep. I think you can save yourself a lot of work. Dave Waples, not you, Bowie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I told you this was light this time, so we're going to jump right to Michael Karnaka. Okay. In New York City. All right. And he's What's always the question? Got, he's always got a great question. Yes. What's the one thing, the one fear uh, regarding modeling that, whether it has to do with assembly, finishing, painting, whatever, something overall about the hobby, you know, a, a big section of the work we do, whatever, uh, that keeps us from finishing or makes us procrastinate, I guess would be one <sighs> way to put it. I I find myself... Now, and I think this this has varied over the course of my modeling life. I find myself now, when I get to the end, especially if I really like the way things are going, the fear of screwing it up at the last minute keeps me from finishing nearly as fast fast as I know I could. This Kate could have been done a month ago, and. I am, even though these uh, AK pencils are nearly idiot-proof and you can fix any mistake you make, uh, I'm still finding myself being timid uh, in doing them. Now, partly because I want a very subtle weathering because these aircraft were, uh, in preparation for the Pearl Harbor raid, these aircraft were in pretty darn good shape. Um so I want the weathering to be very subtle, but I just, I, I fear of screwing it up. It's stupid and it keeps me from finishing more. You know, if the other thing is fear of new techniques and these pencils I've only, this is only like the second real model that I've used them on. So 
I'm even though I've watched the videos and and seen other people doing them and you know read the book and all the stuff, it's still that fear of making an uncurable mistake at the last minute, right at the finish line. And in general, there's no uncurable mistakes either. But it's in my head, and and lawyers are procrastinators anyway. I mean. We take a class in law school called procrastination. None of us remember it, but we all took it. And it it is one of the banes of my modeling existence. And when we get to our New Year's resolutions in, in a future episode, that's going to be one of my big New Year's resolutions is better time management to stop procrastinating. What's your fear? Uh, it's a new technique, hands down, but uh, I need to mention something else. Matt O'Meara just chimed in. These things must time out, Dave, so I'm going to have to start interrupting. Okay, you know, if that's you're, if fine. You're flapping your jaws, but... Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Matt wanted to know if, uh, for the future dip on canopies... Yes. If, uh, if, if the use of that word hadn't already made you punch out of this podcast, um, <laughs> do, do you do that before or after you paint them? I do it before. Yeah, I think that was pretty much uh what i was thinking too because yep. once the stuff's hard man it's pretty hard oh it is it's rock hard. now the nice thing about future is it can be easily removed with ammonia so you know i've never had there's so many people who all seem to have trouble with future i've never had a problem in my life with the stuff and maybe i'm just lucky maybe it you know it makes sense to me i don't know big beef now is there's there's hobby related specifically designed products yes. out there now so so yeah. why wouldn't you migrate to them and i think you just gave a reason whether it's valid for everyone or not and once exactly. you learn how to use something you don't you don't move on from it sometimes yeah because uh, i mean it can only be so much better i mean yep. really exactly so if you're getting a hard clear coat that's hard to damage whatever yep. works is working for you yep uh just curious dave can you see the chat sidebar on your, uh, your version of this let's see uh i do see well i have to click on it oh there we go i i've clicked i had to click on it in order to see it so dave heard our statement there about uh, the uv light and uh yep or is our buddy lee fogel from the club and yep greg williams Paint stage always gets him. Yeah, you know, weathering probably gets me too. I, I think that's when I'm like, okay, that could really screw this up now. Uh, Warren chimed in, said he had to turn his volume way up to hear us. So don't know what that indicates. I don't either. So I don't know if that's up. him or us. Turn it up, dude. Yep. Freedom Rock. There you go. <laughs> well, Dave, that's all on the email side this couple of weeks. So what's happening on the direct message if huh. we're on the Facebook side? Uh, well, we've got a uh, uh, number. Now, do you just, again, interrupt me if you want to bring somebody in. We've actually had uh, quite a number of uh, Facebook interactions. Now, I'm not going to acknowledge all the ones who've stopped to wish us happy holidays and and stuff like that. You all have all been great. We've had numerous folks reach out, wish us well, and we appreciate that. Um one of the ones that I think you and I both participated in, our friend Stephen Lee, who uh, does the blog that we mention uh, every podcast, he messaged us 
and was talking about, for want of a better term, the center of modeling gravity, where where modeling and modeling innovations and where the the center of modeling manufacturing and molding and molding technology, where that is. And back in the 80s and 90s, it was clearly in Japan with Tamiya and Hasegawa, fine molds. And then it shifted to China when China started developing. And there are all these Chinese companies that popped up. Uh, they all started doing stuff. We got tons of releases. A lot of it flowed through Hong Kong back when Hong Kong was still a free place. And we were talking about the fact that we're all of the impression that some of that center of gravity has shifted away to, say, Poland and Ukraine. Um and and that and Czech Republic and the Czech Republic and that that's where uh, a lot of the dynamism in modeling is happening. And I think you you were in that conversation as well. Yes. So we had a great conversation over that. Paul Mahoney reached out and he was talking about trying to get his mojo back, and he was looking at doing. A very quick build, you know, like a 24 or 48-hour build. And we got into a conversation because back um, – there was there's a, a modeling forum out there called the Unofficial Airfix Modeling Forum, or UAMF. And what the UMAF would do, uh, sometimes tied to holidays like Thanksgiving or Christmas or Fourth of July where you got a three-day weekend, they would have – a what they called a blitz bow or a uh, a build that people would attempt to build a model in 24 hours uh or if you were a wimp you were allowed to do it in two 12 hour sessions over two days and i participated twice i built a tamiya corsair and an airfix spitfire mark 19 it you know the the Really got to be, it was really fun that people started posting photos of not only the model in progress, but what meal that they were eating when they were stopping to take the photographs. They usually tried to find an unusual clock to put in there so that it it memorialized the time. But I will say both times I participated, uh, I did manage to to finish the models, but uh, both times I participated, I did find that they actually, uh, it, it got the juices flowing or got the mojo going. So uh, uh, Paul and I talked about that and, and hopefully he's going to try it sometime. Well, according to the chat window, we've got uh, Greg Williams from uh, Dayton area. Yeah. Uh, Dave Waples confirms that he's in the Colorado state there anyway. <laughs> Good. And Matt O'Meara's from Ontario, or yeah, Ottawa, Ontario. I wonder if he knows uh, Chris and Ian and all those cats up there that we. I don't know. Spend a lot of time talking to uh, Warren. We know where you are, buddy. Brian <laughs> Dinklaus on the uh, coast of Jersey, and uh, Warren has a modeling fluid too. So I can't remember, Dave, when we test drove this, uh, what the mechanism was to actually get the link to pop up on my screen. They somebody- have to. They have to ask. They have to. Okay. 
right. they have to request. So one of you, if you want to actually be on and talk, uh, look at your stuff and figure out how to request uh, to to join in, because we'd love to actually talk with you. This is one of the things, you know, we've got a lot of great Patreon and, and PayPal uh, supporters and, uh, you know, we haven't done a lot for to make extra. This is one of these things where we want to try something new. And, and we sent the links out to the, to the PayPal and Patreon guys, hoping that they would participate and enjoy. So feel free. Are you done with your listener mail? Uh, well, actually, I do have one more. Well, two more. Kenneth Bickham Jr., uh, who it turns out apparently he's a truck driver. You know, we've gotten several of those. Yeah, I know. And you know what? I can see how that could be a, a pretty darn good uh, job to be able to squeeze your hobby into while you're traveling. So we've mentioned many, many episodes ago about how we really like the paintbrushes from Zem, Z-E-M. And uh, Kenneth reached out and we started talking about that and he was asking for uh, recommendations. And the Zem brushes are really, really nice and very, very economical. They were really good brushes at a good price. So we were happy to recommend it to him. Well, to further that, I would say I would go a step beyond economical. If you, if you put in a, a respectable sized order, you get those things for like half the MSRP on the yes. website. Yep. And, uh, uh, when I got mine, he'd thrown in a little sample pack of about two or three others. So, yeah. Uh, Zimbrushes.com, I believe it is. And if you need it brushes is. and need a lot of them, uh, sure beats going down and trying to pick over the scraps at the big box art stores. Cause that's usually what happens. Well, actually, you sent him the link. It's Zembrush, no S, E-S, Zembrush.com. And finally, I'm announcing my retirement from modeling because I was texting with Steve Hustad, our guest from the last episode, and uh, he and, and Mark Copeland apparently got together post-Christmas, and they were modeling, and... Uh, uh, both Mark and Steve sent photos of Steve working on his KI um, KI forty five Nick, and uh, I'd kill for one percent of that talent. So it was amazing watching the or seeing the photos of the very complex uh, uh, scheme for the Nick being free-handed by, uh, by Steve. So, uh, it was impressive as always. All right. Well, if that wraps up the listener mail, Dave, uh, it does, we're going to take a little pause here and move on. Well, uh, the people in the chat are figuring out how to uh, how to call in. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll get a uh, an actual call here shortly. In the meantime, this is the point in the episode where I ask you to please rate the podcast in whatever podcast app you're using, and to please recommend 
the podcast to modelers you know uh, who uh, may not even know what a podcast is. Uh, you may have to explain it to them. You may have to help them download a podcast app. Uh, we'd appreciate it because that's how we get new listeners. Uh, we're still getting new listeners, and uh, you know we 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 keep breaking new records, and it it thrills the heck out of Mike and I. So please keep it up. In addition to our podcast, you can find several others at www.modelpodcasts.com. That's model podcast plural. That was a consortium website set up with the help of Stuart Clark at the Scale Model Podcast up in Canada to uh, provide a single repository for all the other podcasts out there who choose to participate in the spirit of cross-promotion with us. So check that out at www.modelpodcast.com. In addition to the podcast, we've already mentioned a couple. We've got some blogging YouTube friends out there. We've already mentioned Stephen Lee, Sprue Pie with Frets. And uh, sure, you can go over there and check out what Steve's got going on in his blog. It's long and short form stuff. It's all really good. I don't know if he covered that <laughs> center of the model universe uh, topic we had over the uh, email exchange. Maybe he I, will, though. Maybe he'll yeah, tackle he, that one. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn that one into a long form one. It's possible. And we've already also mentioned uh, Jeff Groves, Inch High Guy, Inch High Guy blog. And now he's pretty much everything 70 seconds ago with a little history thrown in. That's why the, I found the uh, the color, a color uh, equivalent. It's not the same photo, but it's it's really right. close. Uh, taken at a different time, but a color photograph from the war of B-26, the same aircraft. So I'm really anxious to get those posted and see, uh, see what folks might have to say about it. In addition, we've got... Uh, Jim Bates of Scale Canadian TV. Uh, he's going to be our guest in the first episode of the new year. So we're going to have another go at the uh, topic wheel, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in the uh, 12-minute model sphere coming up at the first of the month. And we've got uh, our friend Chris Wallace, a model airplane maker. And uh, he, he just dropped one uh, for the holidays. About Yes, he did. <laughs> kind of a tongue-in-cheek about top-shelf modeling. He had fun with his Blackbird. That's all I can say about that. Yes. So he's uh, got a great... Up and coming, even. I'd say it's great now, but uh, certainly the sky's the limit for Chris and his YouTube channel because he does a lot of great work and uh, does a good job. Finally, if you are not a member of your national IP, uh, IPMS organization. Hang on, Dave. We finally got somebody in. Oh, go ahead. Bring him in. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Hey, guys. Nice to talk to you uh, ear to ear for the uh, first time. Ear to ear. It's Brian Dinklow from uh, Built Sideways Podcast. Yes. That is right. How you guys doing? Well, I'm doing I'm doing quite well. Happy holidays. Good to hear you guys. All hey, right. Uh, well, thanks for joining us for a little quick so word how, here. How okay, uh since we got a lot of people in the audience uh, sitting there, you were able to call in. Oh, there's another Oh, lord, we're getting video. Oh god, no. <laughs> John, turn, turn your camera off. No, no. <laughs> and, and I want to get you in, so just hold tight. We'll let Brian have a few words here, and then we'll we'll talk. Brian, to you. did you have any problem figuring out how to call in and actually get in? Uh, no, uh, I'm uh, pretty familiar with the uh, I don't know how you want to say the podcasting softwares out yeah. there, so uh, it's pretty easy to navigate. Um, I'd, it doesn't I'd matter. Hope so. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been doing this for a minute, um, but. Um, yeah, duh. Uh, for anybody concerned in the audience, you don't have to have a camera. You don't want a camera. Just come and talk. And it, it helps with bandwidth if you don't turn the camera on. 
Uh, I just want to say that uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's been a pleasure podcasting and podcasting alongside you guys as another one of the uh, modeling groups out there. Uh, it's yeah. always a pleasure to hear your guys show. You're you're always uh, witty and fun, and and uh, I've always enjoyed your show, like from the away from the beginning. So it's been a pleasure, guys. <laughs> well, I enjoyed all the, the skateboarder pictures you posted recently yeah. on your Facebook page. <laughs> hey, man. I've been, hey, I've been skating since the '80s. You know, old hey, habits die hard. <laughs> hey, uh, Brian, the check is in the mail. Thank you very much. Uh, are you going to be in? Are you going to be in San Marcos this year? San Marcos, San Marcos. No, that is the Nats this season. No, but I'm going to be going to uh, uh, Milwaukee. That's Wisconsin. That's my old stomping grounds. Or not oh, Milwaukee, okay. um, Madison. <laughs> That's my old okay. stomping ground. So I'm absolutely going to be there 100%, but I don't think I can swing a, a, a trip to Texas this year, though. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, look, we'll see you in we'll, a year and change. Yeah, we'll see you in a year and change for sure. Well, I might be able to catch you somewhere else along the way, but we'll see about that. There's a lot, there's a lot of green between here and there. So Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Have a good night. You, you too. too. Thanks for jumping in. Of course. My pleasure. Cheers. All right. There's John. John. He's can muted. you hear us? Unmute, John. There we hey, go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, yes. we can hear you now. What's up, wow. man? Thanks for calling in. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, it's just a little. Um, I figured out finally how to do the whole calling live, and then when I get back out, I'll be in the uh, text text part of it. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, happy holidays. Yeah, likewise. So, so are you uh, modeling right now? Uh. I was before I called in. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. Yes. At this exact moment, you're you're talking to us. But right Sorry. before then, what were you working on? Um, I've got an old uh, shelf queen that I'm resurrecting, trying to ki- kill off. Good for you. I I have too many of those, and I've got to find a way to 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 work through that backlog. Now, are you doing it intentionally, or did it just? Uh, uh, strike you that you you felt the the desire to do the do that work on that one again well you know we were talking about that and uh you know my my new plan moving forward is to finish two shelf queens before i start a new kit and uh and when i say finish that's kind of a, a i take that loosely so that I could either be throwing it into the well of tears or giving it away or selling <laughs> it, selling it. So I actually managed to sell one of my shelf queens at our um, Northwest Modelers meet the other day. So that's innovative. Yeah, it was actually a shelf queen that I bought on eBay. So technically, I didn't start it; someone else did, and I bought it for huh. the box for the box art. But yeah, um, because I was able to sell it, uh, it counts as one of the two shelf queens that I was able to kill. So right now, okay. I'm working on a Ravel. Um, a, a Ravel, a Jimmy Johnson stock car that I started. Oh, with my, okay. Started with oh, my son, right. a son about fifteen years ago. So I'm. It's more of a paint mule, but yeah, I'm going to try some um, oil OPR on it and some other things, and and uh, yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. All right. Well, now Warren Dickinson's jumped in here. Yes, John. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. I'll jump back out. Cool. You take thank care. You. Well, Warren's figured it out. How you doing? All right. How about y'all? Uh, it's finally warming up up here. How much <laughs> snow do you have on the ground, Warren? We've probably got about two inches as of today. Now, how cold did it? Okay. 48 hours ago, you know, Warren's in Kentucky. He's in Southern Kentucky. 48 hours ago, we had a real cold snap 
come through Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Warren, how cold did it get there for you? I think it was about 10 below for us, not counting the wind chill. That's worse than us. I, I was five below here in Louisville. Yeah, it was between five and 10. Believe me, I wasn't getting up in the middle of the night to look at the thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually out at 530 in the morning shoveling the driveway because uh, uh, we had... we had Because uh, you weren't going anywhere. Well, no, I wasn't, but the wife and daughter <laughs> both were. So. Oh, no. I, I, I called in that day. I took vacation. Well, I was lucky that we, I wasn't scheduled to work that. That was a pre-planned close for our office. So uh, that worked. That I, well, I actually did work from home that day because I. At least that's what you told them. Yeah, there's. Well, no, I did because it's. There's no getting away from it with a lawyer. There's just there are no boundaries for the for that type of stuff. Well, what are you working on? Uh, uh, Newports and Newports. Oh, the Edward kit, the Edward 172nd kit. Yeah. Oh man. You know, you know, I am a 72nd scale devotee. Uh, it is God's one true scale. It is world war one, world war one aircraft in 72nd scale is freaking insane. Well, when you live in a small house and you have a small budget, that's, it's what you do. (laughs) I understand. Well, hopefully you're going to come up to the to the Louisville Regional this year, so we'll get to see you in person. That's my game plan. That's my game plan. Well, good. Well, what else is going on? Just the new ports? Well, the the new ports are there. The zeros got put away for a better time. I'm waiting for my uh, Armor Hobby Guadalcanal boxings to come in, and I'm probably going to dive into a P400 when those come in. So you got the dual boxing with the F4F and the P400? Yes. That broke my wallet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, I think no. I saw in the, ch- in the chat window you had a modeling fluid. What do you got? I've got uh, – my son got me a new bourbon we had never tried from Owensboro called Green River Bourbon. So mm-hmm. we're trying that, and the wife got me some Casey Jones. Well, send me the uh- – the info on that, or the, not the info, the review. Yes, posted on the dojo. All right. Well, now we got Greg Williams showing up. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear there, you, Greg. There What's we happening? go. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. How are you? First of Good. all, where where are you located? Uh, about 30 minutes west of Dayton, a little town oh. called West Alexandria. Okay. Uh, I know where it is. I was going to say, Dave always talks about this being the dark times for him. Yep. I must be lucky because the last couple of years I've had at least two or three weeks off at the end of the year. So I got a lot of free time right now. Well, you know, I, it's not that I don't have any time off. Uh, you know, I'm not it's, like it's my, other people filling it up for you. Exactly. It is. <laughs> it is all of that holiday stuff. It is, you know, cooking. I, I did a, a fair amount of cooking for Christmas dinner over here on Christmas Day. Uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, we have a, f- I've got a fairly large family. So we end up going two or three places or we have them over here as well. Then you're buying last minute gifts. And, and it's not that I don't have time off, it's that I don't have the ability to fill it with modeling which is what I'd like to do. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> what are you working on? 
Well, uh, the DOS work one sixteenth Panzer three. Oh, <sighs> okay. You've heard, you've listened to the the show, so you, okay, one sixteenth scale. Why did you decide to do this one? Uh, more about the content, more than the size. Really. Okay, you're a fan of the Panzer three. Yeah, well, that and I don't mind the size because I did get Andy Sherman and my wife got me for Christmas pre-ordered the Tiger. So, okay. Oh, nice. Marked. So you're, you're upsizing across the board. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. got about all the sides. I agree with Dave on the 172nd scale planes. That That's about the perfect size for me on those. Well, good. You're 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 a modeler who has a range. You don't just do yes. aircraft. Yes, don't do. just do armor. Um. So I assume you do thirty fifth scale armor. Uh, how do you? Yes. How do you? How do you feel about sixteenth as opposed to thirty fifth? Do you prefer one or the over the other? Do you find one over the other easier to do? I would mainly stick with one thirty fifth, but I don't mind dabbling with the one sixteenth. Like when I have a few weeks off to actually dig into it. Well, that's a lot. Are you doing anything special to it? Or are you just building it straight up? Nah, just pretty much straight up with the winter white camo. Okay. So. Oh, so you're gonna do the uh, you're gonna paint it the under color and then do a winter white yeah, wash. I've, it's it's already got the winter white on it. It's about two thirds done. I would guess. So, so what did you do for the to do that effect? The white wash, you know, the partly worn white wash over the the base color. I got some chipping fluid from. Okay. Who's got it. Yeah, I put that down and then I sprayed it white and then just scraped some stuff off here and there. Now, have you used chipping fluid before or was this the first time you attempted Yes, on a 135th uh, other tank I did a year or two ago. Okay. All right. Well, Greg, we appreciate you jumping in here with us. If you stay in the audience, uh, we appreciate it. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. Absolutely. Scott Stakowiak. (laughs) Yes, First thing, Scott, you have to tell us how to pronounce Stakowiak. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's probably about five different ways to pronounce it. I think everybody in our family has a slightly different way. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like my name. <laughs> yes, ba- basket and basket. Are there any others other than those two, Mike? Well, the uh, the occasional uh, restaurant uh, hostess says basketti. Basketti. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. At a restaurant, we just go by stack. <laughs> S-T-A-C-K, there you go. make it easy. But I pronounce it Stahoviak. There's also Stakoviak, Stakoviak, Stahoviak. Pick your favorite. Now, I assume you are of Polish ancestry? Correct. Okay. How uh, how far back do you go? Oh, geez, generations. Uh, I would actually love to know more about that part of the family tree. On my mom's side, we've one of my aunts was into genealogy, and we traced it way back. Uh, and even visited the small town in Belgium, uh, like great, 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 great grandparents came from. Uh, but on my dad's side, unfortunately, I only have it like maybe two generations back. But uh, so I'm up in Michigan, maybe like two hours north of Detroit, just on the Saginaw Bay, part of Lake Huron. Yeah. Uh, um, but I did work for a small time in Wisconsin, and there was somebody there with the, the same last name, but no relation. So it appears there's people with the same name in the Chicago or Milwaukee area. 
Well, the reason I asked is one of Mike and I's, one of our good friends, um, a member of our local club, uh, Tom Romanowski, uh, also rather obviously Polish. Uh, Tom actually grew up in communist Poland and came to the U.S. when he was 17 before the wall fell and before all of that stuff happened. So I didn't know how long your family had been in. Yeah, no, that's a pretty interesting story, but no, for a long time, at least from what I understand. So what are you working on? Well, it's interesting because uh, I recently had to move my my model room, so things got kind of boxed up, and I'm in the process of getting it reset up. Uh, so now I've got a dilemma because I've got a, a Tester's OV10 Bronco that's in the paint stage, and it, it's kind of a fairly basic kit, but I was using it more or less just to try some different painting techniques on it. So. Yeah. Uh, it's like half painted right now. So my dilemma is, do I continue with that or do I start on that fine molds uh, F4C with the Michigan International Guard markings oh. I just got from Model Paint Solutions? Okay, fin- finish finish the model before you start the new one. That's, <laughs> I, 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 uh, although not to, to kill you, you're talking as an OV, OV1 or OV10? OV10 Bronco. Oh, the OV10 kit, yeah. Uh, no, you I, and I'm going to tell you this, and I don't live it at all. You should finish the model before you start the new one, but uh, I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Because <laughs> I, yeah, we'll I, try. I'm terrible about that. So, well, I assume you're going to end up being in Madison, not in 2024 for the Nationals, right? Oh, certainly. Yeah. In fact, uh, we're going to be in San Marcos. Oh, well, great. Uh, good, yep. We're going to do that. And then uh, definitely planning on heading to Madison. In fact, I think for Madison, I'm going to take uh, Lake Ferry across Lake Michigan that runs oh. from the West Coast of Michigan over to by gotcha. north of Milwaukee. Nice. Drive over. Yeah. I just wish it was closer to the EAA fly-in at Oshkosh and it's hoping to do two birds with one stone one there, stone. but they're, they're too yeah. far apart. Yeah. In time. Yeah. Well, Scott. Thanks for calling in, and uh, we appreciate your. I know you show up in our uh, inbox a lot with the uh, listener <laughs> mail, and uh, yeah, sometimes it's always always welcome. So we appreciate it. It really much. is. Well, well, thanks. Great talking with you guys. Um, also, I did have a a question for you, modeling adjacent. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, so I listen to some other podcasts, really enjoy them, and I've noticed everybody seems to have their unique music. And I just started thinking about this lately. Where did you guys get the theme for Plastic Model Mojo? Uh, I got the I got the theme from a uh, a paid licensing place. There's this, uh, there's several of them. The one I use the most is called Audio Jungle, and you can license these short riffs and things that uh, I, I imagine musicians just put them out there for for popcorn to sell to make you know some bottom line while they're trying to really make it in the industry. I don't know why this stuff's out there, but, uh, uh, it's a, it's a paid thing to get the license to use it, but, uh, we chose the mojo for the name. So I wanted something a little funky. So that's where we ended up and that's how I get it. No, very good. I like it. It's a really good one, uh, but it must've been nice. hard, man, probably going through like hundreds of those things. Uh, you know, it was, it took me a couple of days going through, a number before I found one I felt I could I could work with and that kind of had the right feel for it for what I want for what I wanted and uh, but I, eventually I did and and 
I'm always out there looking every now and then for some new stuff to, to use in other places in the show. So, uh, that's, that's where it comes from. Cause you got to kind of be careful, uh, using something that's not licensed. You can get yourself into some trouble pretty quick, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Even if you have a really good lawyer, uh, on, on your <laughs> podcast. Have you got one, Dave? No. <laughs> that's that's why you were using licensed music. <laughs> Interesting question, but uh, that's where it comes from. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks. Great talking with you tonight. You're welcome. Take it easy. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Well, Dave, where are we in the outline, man? <laughs> you know, that's what I was going to ask you. We just finished up uh, uh, the IPMS plug, and I think well, I don't think about- you ever finished the plug. I, I interrupted oh. you. Oh, okay. If you're if you're not a member of IPMS, your local or your national chapter, IPMS USA, IPMS Canada, IPMS Israel, IPMS Norway, whatever, please join. The national organizations are really great, and they really help the hobby in your uh, specific country. Please join. All right, Dave. Well, he's been mentioned already, so let's yeah. have a word from our sponsor. You got it. Plastic Model Mojo is now brought to you by Model Paint Solutions, your source for harder Steenbeck airbrushes, David Union power tools, and laboratory-grade mixing, measuring, and storage tools for use with all your model paints, be they acrylic, enamels, or lacquers. Check them out at www.modelpaintsolutions.com. Well, Dave, come and make it in Texas. We've already had a couple of folks mention the IPMS National Convention to San Marcos, Texas in August. And I'm glad to hear that some of our our listeners and some of the folks even calling in are planning to be there. Well, I wish I knew how many days it was going to be. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> this is the off the cuff, no plan episode. But uh, exactly, go back to the last episode and uh, and subtract fourteen. About fourteen days that ought to get us there. But anyway, it's we're under two hundred for sure. No, we're not. We're under three hundred. We're under three hundred. We're yes. we're closing in on under two hundred. That's right. So. Yeah, we got to make some plans, Dave. That's a, it's not a short trip. No, uh, it's about uh, 15 driving hours, so you and I have to sit down. We've got a lot of things we need to sit down and talk about. We need to get a calendar, plan out our show schedule. We need to get a map and plan out the, uh, the trip to San Marcos. And as a matter of fact, uh, on the on the Facebook DMs, uh, uh, we have been invited down to share some Texas barbecue when we're down in San Marcos. So uh, another reason for us to make sure we get down there and make it. <laughs> well, the calendar's looking good. Hopefully we can pull it off. Yep. Because well, we got a, maybe a little Canadian stowaway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If we figure out how we can accomplish that, that's going to be a fun time. Well, hopefully a lot of folks listening tonight and listening to the uh, recorded version of this will, will be down there as well. It, You know, it's always surprising. Well, we've done it twice now. It was surprising yeah. both times how many folks actually were at the Nationals who were listeners and so much fun meeting all those people. And one of the most gratifying things for me, because, you know, I'm, a, again, best four days of my year, every year, bar none. Uh and I am a big booster of the Nationals, and I have been singing its praises. There was nothing more gratifying for me to have people come up at, at Las Vegas and at Omaha and say that this was their first Nationals they'd never been before, and that it was everything I said it was and more. And that ch- I know 
how enjoyable a Nationals and how amazing your first Nationals can be. And I love the fact that other people are getting that level of joy. So, yeah, come to San Marcos and then uh, come to Madison in 2024 as well. Well, Dave, if that's all we got for the Nats this episode, uh, it's time for the Benchtop half, Halftime Report. Uh, the Benchtop Halftime Report is brought to us by Tackett Z, our good friend Ed Tackett over in Louisville, Dave, next to you. www.tackettz.com. The must-have tools for the model maker. Now, Ed's got a lot of uh, 3D printed accessories for your workbench. He sells an acrylic paint airbrush cleaner. Be curious what he's got going on, going on in 2023, Dave. Yes. What's up on your bench, my friend? Uh, well, my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, it is, I was going to say it's all Kate all the time, but it's not quite. Uh, the last two weeks, it's been mostly Kate. Uh, the Kate is, I mean, I am down to the point where it is take the masking off the canopy, finish up the weathering. Uh, and and stick the propeller in and call it a day. Uh, it will be done by Jan- by December thirty first. I I vow that. So that'll be three for the year for me. Heard it here first, folks. But I have not. That's not all I've been working on. Uh, as you know, the Musaru is coming up. I'm building the Arma P fifty one, and uh, while the Kate has attracted the vast majority of my attention. I just finished up the, I made the Arma P51 spinner and propeller for the version I'm doing kind of a mini model, a model within a model, because you can, the way the kit's broken down and all, you can completely build that, paint it, decal it and all, and then set it aside as a completed mini model in the in the context of working on the on the larger model and so i actually other than doing some a uh, little bit of weathering i've actually finished the prop on the arma kit and so uh once the kate is completely done uh, the musaru becomes the focus of my attention because i'm not going to embarrass you the former musaru champion by not edit, finishing the model it, it may not win, but it's going to be done. Well, I'm not. I'm not former until you get beat. Well, that yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I will try. I will try and make sure that that uh, um, that that at least we have a completed entry there. I'm teasing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, what's your what does your bench look like? Uh, my bench has been pretty busy. Up until about a day before Christmas, you saw what I was doing. Um, yes, I had a goal—a goal over this holiday season to get the catapult boom to the point where I can start the weathering, and I think I succeeded on that because it's uh, all the pre-shading's done. It's under a satin coat now, and it's had several days to dry. So, uh, look forward to, to starting that in earnest here as soon as uh, I get a minute. Well, I, I I will say that I really and uh, those of you in the dojo can see that uh, Mike has been posting photos. I really like what the way the catapult has come together for you, and I think that that's a lot of times one of my problems with modelers who 
build bases or mini dioramas. They actually detract from the model sometimes if the level of effort isn't up to the standard of the model itself. I think you're going to really be able, given what you've put into that catapult, to make it complement the model, not detract from it. Well, I hope so. It's been too long getting to where I'm at, but we're we're getting there. You'll get there. Uh, in addition to that, I've been just chipping away at those uh, tank craft tracks for my KV-85 project, and there, there's going to be a video forthcoming on our soon-to-launch YouTube channel. Now, don't get too excited, folks. Not sure what our YouTube channel is going to be. Yes. Uh, other than not something that's getting updated every other week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not going to do a Martin your drop a video every week or well, no. even he's not doing that now. I think <laughs> I I really uh that it's gonna be it's gonna be more of a when I feel like it or when yes. when I can get something together and get up there and we'll just see what happens. I and I I'm gonna know. try it as well. My Mike is my Sherpa up this mountain and uh I'm gonna I'm going to attempt that as well. There's just so much out there already. I just don't know how to get to the point where I don't think I have to put a dent in that. I'm just going to have to put stuff up there because I think it will be beneficial to people. Right. There, There is a fire hose of videos out there, but that doesn't mean that there, there's still plenty of stuff not being done. That's true. As far as I know, nobody's done a video review of those KV-85 tracks. And, well, I guess they're really KV-1 tracks. No, there is, there's a review. Um, oh, is there? The same set was used by Rick Lawler on his uh, ISU-152 build. Oh, okay. So, you know, but it's it'll be a, another perspective. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, that really does help, too, even if there is already a video out there. Uh, well, it's like AK, these AK weathering pencils. There's the official AK video. There's a couple other official AK sub videos. And then there are reviews by three or four other people. And then there are, you know, people doing demos and techniques on a couple more videos. All of it's valuable. And I think in this case, it's going to be, they'll be complimentary. It's going to be a plus and a plus. I mean, the tracks are incredible, really. Really? Yeah, they're they're very nice. That'll be good for tank craft. <laughs> good. Well, and, and you know what? And listen, when when a company's putting out a good product, we should say a company's putting out a good product. That's because right. you you know, you want those people to continue and to grow and there's no reason for them not to be proud of the work they've done, especially if they've accomplished something really good. Other than that, not much. I've been trying to stave off the temptation to start something else. Well, you've all you've also been fiddling with the cat with the three D printing a little bit. Well, yeah, a little bit. I can't remember if we talked about that last time or not, but I've I don't think so because I I've, don't think you had done it. I think this is in the last two weeks. Maybe I've done some more test prints from my, the my long haul Rabo Botan project, and I'm trying to see how to. How to do the chassis? Do I do, do you want to do the the chassis frame in, in in one solid, you know, one go, one print, or do I want to split it up into components so I can optimize the support structure and all that, and and get get the model I want? Well, which way are you leaning? I'm leaning toward breaking it up into five pieces. Wow! Instead of it's, one, it just it, it it'll make that much of a difference as far as the support structures and the the level of detail. Well, yes and no. Yes. 
level of detail, but there's not a whole lot on the chassis. There's some things that if I can reorient the parts, I can get better rendering of, of what I've already got. Uh, it will let me strategically create the support structure. So it's in non-offending areas when I clean it off. Yeah. And, but the problem is it's, it's the chassis. So even if I had some tedious cleaning and, and got a little lazy with it, uh, is it going to show or not? That's kind of the, the dilemma, right? It's going to be covered in mud, right? Isn't no. that the answer all you armor guys have? It's just going to be covered toward all in you mud. wingy thingy guys. It there is. you go. <laughs> That's right. The war has started, folks. Well, I, I don't know. I saw an airplane model the other day on, on Facebook that had a, a tarp over the front canopy. Do you know what? I I have known a number of modelers who who bug you know right at the end boogered a canopy and their solution was to create a tarp and throw it over and it's not a bad solution to you know you've got a really nice model and you boogered the canopy and you don't want to go back and and do all the work necessary to fix that which is sometimes really really difficult that's that is an acceptable solution to me. Just like mud on the tracks and running gear is an acceptable solution if you're building an armor piece. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We're having fun. I don't care what it. As long as you're happy with it, who the heck cares what anybody else thinks? Well, if you got anything else, that's all my that's all my bench. That's it. All right, well, let's hear one one more time for the year from uh, Chris at Inside the Armor. Hello, Mojovians. This is Chris from Inside the Armor Publications, and I'm here to tell you all about Models for Ukraine, Volume 2. The first volume of Models for Ukraine raised money for humanitarian aid for Ukraine by featuring only Ukrainian manufacturers made by some of the best modelers around the world. Why mess with a good formula? Volume 2 features much of the same. This time, though, all of the articles will be new and feature such great artists as Calvin Tan, Ken Abrams... Sam Dwyer, René van der Hart, Franz Lubin, Robert Blocker, and many more. All in all, 23 artists in 11 countries have donated their work for free to what we think is a fantastic modelling book that also happens to raise a lot of money for a good cause. If you'd like to purchase this fantastic book, please head on over to InsideTheArmor.com to get yours today. Also, if you'd like to know more about the model manufacturers of Ukraine, please look up Models from Ukraine podcast to hear the latest interviews with people like Reskit, Wingsy Kits, Armory, and many of the other Ukrainian manufacturers. A special thank you to Mike and Dave. Raise your glass of modeling fluid, and let's get back to the plastic model mojo. Oh, mine's empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just managed to finish mine as well. Well, we're ahead of the curve. Yep. Uh, Mike, uh, this time of year, your wallet is probably broken. What exactly broke it? Oh man, I don't know that I've made a modeling purchase since the last time we did this. I mean, I was running red hot for a while. I know you were, you were a machine. Well, I can tell you what broke my wallet. Okay. Car insurance, two <laughs> daughters and a wife and Christmas. Well, but, I'm, I don't have, I got a wife, but two sons and yeah. Well, I'm sure your auto insurance bill is as bad jazz. as mine. I'm thinking, man, something came in the mail the other day. What was it? Oh, I know what it was. I what? placed a I placed a last call order with a TMD Tiger, Tiger right. Model Designs. TMD's closing shop for good, and uh, he issued an APB for uh, 
last call orders to be submitted, I think, by the 31st of December. Yeah, I think so, too. And after that, he's not taking any orders, and he vows to fulfill every order taken by that point. So I picked up uh, the early. It's listed on on the side as the Model 39 KV-1 turret. That's not quite really what it is. I mean, that's when they made them, but it's a a U-series prototype turret. It's nuanced, folks. Yeah. Well, not only that, but the 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 way the so, the Soviet system, the, then the way the uh, particularly pre-wall falling, you know, the uh, the Western historians and researchers made up their own classifications for Soviet vehicles that didn't necessarily co- correspond to what the what the Soviets called them. I got the turret. And, and I think I'd have to go back and really look at the order email because I know I ordered the turret and I ordered a, they made a, it was a, the hardware to do the pistol port open. Yes. With the plug hanging on the chain from the in, internal hardware. Yeah. And the internal hardware, if you want to have that, the, the hatch open, but the KV's got that little single round hats in the middle. I, you know, you'd be hard pressed to see it probably, but anyway, it, it's there. Uh, in the box, I also got the, the early, the early nose ang- nose armor, the angle that fits over the the uh, glacis and the the front lower plate. Yeah, on a KV, the, the the early ones had like twice as many fasteners on them. Yeah, and then also a model thirty nine hull, which is you know doesn't have the coaxial machine gun in the front. It just has a has a pistol port in the front front plate. Yeah, and I think he threw those in. I don't recall ordering those i have to go back and check that again but, well you uh, did say at the time because you messaged me when you received the shipment that he had thrown a number of things in as as bonus material yeah basically he gave i ended up with everything i needed to because trumpeter makes a quote unquote model 39 kv1 it's got some problems and Wait a minute a trumpeter kit with some problems so the the, the net is that the sum of these three parts you don't really need the pistol port unless you want to do the the open one right so so the the bow angle and the the upper hull and the turret lets you fix it all so maybe he thought that's what i was doing i don't know well that was nice of him to and and listen i it, i hate to see uh them cease operations cuz their castings were really really beautiful uh, you know, I have to wonder if the whole game's changed. It, it may have. Maybe 3D printing has changed some of this, the way that a resin casting kind of edged out vacuum forming. Yep. I, I, I wonder if 3D printing is doing the same to um, to resin casting. It's possible, Dave. It is. What, what it broke is. your wallet? Again, other than the things auto you insurance, me. two daughters and a wife, <laughs> and Christmas. Um, actually, not much because now this is. I suspect this might be true for a lot of the folks out there. Uh, this time, about Christmas time again, I hit the dark time. I have less time to model to begin with. Uh, also, the you know I'm running around trying to get last minute gifts for the wife and the kids and the cats and the dogs and uh, you know uh, basically scrambling to do all the stuff that you you need to do around the holidays. So really, I, I haven't I haven't purchased much. About the only thing I did was the other day 
um, I placed uh, an order f- with Dr. Miller for uh, a replenishment of some supplies, some uh, 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 unicorn tears, some retarders, some uh, uh, masks. Uh, masking soul R just to try and and replenish some supply stuff. But I imagine that after the first of the year, uh, do you remember last spring, Mike, you and I were talking and you were talking about you wanted to acquire a three or you were looking at about acquiring a 3D printer. And I said I was looking at acquiring a silhouette cameo. Yeah. Well, you ended up finding a really great deal and acquiring a 3D printer. I did not, because of financial and other considerations, end up acquiring the uh, Silhouette Cameo. But I have found a good deal. Uh, I've come into a little bit of Christmas money. (laughs) And I suspect my wallet is about to be broken by the purchase of that. Not much. No, it's actually a pretty darn good. It's nothing like what you did with that 3D printer. Well, no, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying the uh, the silhouette at, at MSRP isn't exactly a a finance job. No, it is. <laughs> no, it is not. But then again, when you have an 18 year old daughter who's on your auto insurance, uh, you know there yeah. are priorities. I'll give you that. Only thing worse could be an 18 year old son. Well, some of their listeners out there are lamenting the demise of Archer Dry Transfers. And yes. Brian Dinklau's got three fingers of Woodford. Good job, man. That, and, that uh, is a fine, fine modeling fluid. If that's I neat, can... if that's neat, he's going to be feeling good. Oh, yeah. Unless, well, he's, got really, it, unless he's got a really tiny glass. <laughs> well, uh, not only that, even if it's not neat, he will eventually feel really, really good. I suspect in the new year my my wallet's about to get broken a little bit more. So, well, I tell you what, I, these people are making me thirsty. You, my, me too. So, I mean, we we would pause when we're doing this on our own. We're gonna we're not gonna shut this shut this down. But I'm gonna run a, an ad here from another one of our sponsors, and we're gonna fill up. And folks, uh, there'll be a pause, but we'll be back. Yes, keep listening. Stay in the audience. This won't be long. Hit it, Mike. Getting the right size base for your model, diorama, or vignette can be difficult and time-consuming. Bases by Bill has the solution with their all-new custom size display bases. Offering sizes of 4 to 30 inches and any size in between, you choose the dimensions you want and you get the size you need every time. They can also be laser engraved with a unit emblem or custom text of your choice. In addition, shipping is always included within the lower 48 states. Built by modelers for modelers, Bases by Bill has bases and display cases for any type of model and for any size. Visit their website at basesbybill.com to see their new products or to get your own custom-built base or display case quote. Use the code MOJO at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your order. That code again is MOJO for 10% off. Bases by Bill for all your model display needs. Well, according to the outline, Dave, we're at the Modeling Fluid Wrap-Up. Yes, we are. But that's because, that's because we don't have a special segment because this is a running special segment. Yes, that is right. We is, there are. Any, is there anyone out there still who hasn't not who's not got in yet or wants to come in again? Yes, if if there's one of you that wants to reach out, please. We're getting toward the end of the episode, so we'd be happy to 
to talk a little bit more before we wrap it up. Oh, and it's somebody new. Oh, good. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is the voice of God. I mean, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the that's exactly the marketing that I was looking for right there. <laughs> yes. The voice of God. No, Bob. Um <laughs> I have to ask you, did you do anything to work to create that voice or is it just a natural born talent? That is so crazy that you just asked me that question. Okay. Because I w- reason why is because I was just out with a bunch of guys, uh, good friends of mine that w- uh, we do trivia with cuz I'm a, I've been I'm also a trivia master. I perform trivia every Tuesday I uh, love online that. with a, a group of friends that I've done it for 25 years. So, um I, um, uh, he, someone asked me there, well, what, uh, you, did you have to work on that voice? Mike, no, the voice, the voice is just, it is, it just is. I mean, it, this was, this is the one that I was given from birth. Um, it, it's also a curse because whispering to me carries across a room so I often have gotten caught with, you know, <laughs> whispering, wow, what did you think of that guy? He has no idea what's going on. And then you and the, suddenly the head snaps around. So, Keep it down now. Voices carry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, another musical reference. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, but did you have any voice training? I mean, you're naturally gifted this nice, deep, I guess it would be classified as a baritone or a bass voice. I, I, I guess, um, um, as my wife used to call it, bombastic. Um, it's, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tone. I mean, I mean, obviously I can, I can, I can, I can cool it down a little bit and make it to where it's not so, it's not so penetrating, but then if I really want to, then, then you just throw a little bit more in. Yeah. That kind of thing. Hey, that must, that must've been a nice gift when you were, when you were courting the ladies, cause you could drop into that Barry white, uh, style oh, voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, you know, and that is why, um, uh, again, that I have a face for radio uh, <laughs> just plays right into it. Um, I, I met my, you know, I met my wife through a newspaper ad and then talking to her on the phone for like almost a month before we actually met. So you, you, that's like, you, like a Cyrano de Bergerac. Kind yeah. Of I was going to say you used your gifts to maximum advantage. You knew, you knew where your strengths lay. Yeah. She's like, I gotta, I gotta hook this one before she sees me. It's right. The lure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It says, um, you know, uh, all right, good night, hon. You have a good night. You know I mean? You know, just, <laughs> yep. Yep. What's uh, up, Bob? Do you have a good Christmas? Uh, yeah, it really was. It was a good one. Um, you know, got, uh, you know, some, uh, some of those gift cards I'm always looking for, of course, from uh, some some from some of those great vendors out there. Uh, I got sent. Uh, I at first I thought it was a mystery model, but it ended up being from my brother um, because he watched some of the '72 in '72 that we did. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, he, he, so he gave me the uh, the Axis, basically the Axis version of that. Same, you know, the same F-22, uh, SU-59, you know, 
obviously drawing board or issue 57 felon 57 yeah there you go yes thank you yep well i got something too yeah mike mike got a gift card well no i got a i got this really cool plastic vial with some foreign pennies in it (laughs) and and some dolt had dropped a bottle of booze in there with it yeah. Clearly, yeah. clearly, this is something that you have kept from me. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Bob, thank you for the gift. I'll I'll let Dave have his ration as soon as I'm done. Yeah, with it. sure gotcha. he will. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you you told him there was just one, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. Good. He didn't tell me anything, Bob. <laughs> No, yeah, and, and and obviously, you know, a little bit of noise sometimes covers up sloshing, I think. I've heard. Did we yes. did we have a conversation at Nats about me sending booze to France and putting Lego sets in for my friend's kid for this exact same reason? I don't know if we did or not, but when, when I when I saw the jar of coins, I'd smiled because I'm like, yeah, there's a thinking man right there. That's that's a great workaround. <laughs> Well, Bob, what else is going on? I know you're building your 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 atom bomb. Yeah, that that's uh, th- this this kit has been kind of a nightmare. Well, what kit is that? It's kind of big. It's a masterpiece model. Masterpiece models. Is um, it twelfth scale? Yeah, it's twelfth scale. They they ha- I I had just finished the the mm-hmm. little boy, and then this is Fat Man. I I bought both of them at my first nationals there in Vegas. And uh, so I, I finally getting down to actually working them, but this one is really, really tough. It's it, it's obvious that the original design and the original uh, uh, plans were using uh, brass sheet and fo- you know for for the fins, and they have moved over to um, uh, using a plastic sheet, and it really made the dimensions kind of off a little bit and and it and then the uh the fins inside just became a nightmare it was uh it was a lot of work i i pulled it completely apart at one point and then redid it again um in the, the fin area and just to get it you know okay <laughs> well uh two two questions one or one statement one question one i have the uh uh, fat man and little boy from black dog in 72nd scale. So I'm looking forward to building those. Mm-hmm. And two, the question is, are you looking for forward to the Christopher Nolan movie Oppenheimer in March? I am. I that am. Looks darn good. It looks really good. Um, I, you know, I've done some reading, you know, in the past about, you know, the, the atomic you know, program and, uh, Manhattan project. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah, I really am too. Yeah. It yeah. looks like a good one, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And you know, the, the joke, he didn't use any CGI. And so the joke going around is he actually built an atomic bomb and set it <laughs> off to film it. Uh, but apparently, yeah, the whole thing is done without a bit of CGI. Wow. So, that's, yeah, that's good. You know, you know, yes. the, the physical engineers need to get involved in this again, you know, and just get them exactly. out there and building stuff instead of doing it uh, at the desk. There's, there's always, there's always a time when CGI looks great, but, uh, you know, there's something about you can just tell, 
Yes. <laughs> when it's, yeah. At least absolutely. as good as it is. Yeah. Absolutely. What's next for you, Bob? Well, I've I've actually got um, a machine and Krieger model that I I started that is supposed to be for the group build. Um, so I've got part of that one going, uh, and then um, I'm also looking at um, this uh, the Proteus from Fantastic Voyage that I've got oh. the complete interior and uh, and all the lights and all that kind of stuff. Um, I bought all the extras on it and, uh, I wanted to get to, um, so, you know, it, again, that's, it's me jumping around to different genres. And, uh, that was actually <laughs> when at the point where we were talking about having a question, um, I, that was going to be my question was saying, you know, I, what do you think to me? I always think of versatility, but you know, obviously you get better just by building a tank and a tank and a tank and a tank and a tank. Well, I do think jumping across genres does get you some additional skill. I mean, if you build, you know, World War II tank, World War II tank, World War II tank, World War II tank, you can get very good at it. But I do think that by building across genres, you can actually pick up skills that you would never pick up in just building the same genre again and again and again. And sometimes those can actually be cross-purposed. I think for my two cents is that the, the longer you put off that genre crossing subject, you do the tank after tank after tank or plane after plane after plane, that that cross subject just gets a little bit harder. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think you get set in your ways, but I I tell you the, the, the plane I'm, Glacial pace, I understand, but the, the plane I've I've built and the catapult I'm working through, I'm I'm learning all kinds of new stuff, and it makes me think for the next one. It makes me want to do another one of those, and I'm you know I've got at least one plan, probably two, uh, and then the Musaru last year, that the, the Gundam, while that, that wasn't exactly my cup of tea, I learned a lot doing it. I kind of got it after I built it. Not sure I'd go there again, uh, but I tell you, as soon as <laughs> as soon as who is it? Round two? Who is AM, AMT now? Round oh, two? Somebody. Something Round like two, that. I think it is. But uh, they're going to drop a new tooled 30 second scale TIE fighter mm. uh, sometime in 2023. And that, that is going to, that's going to be in my stash for sure. That'll be a, cro- a genre crossing subject for me because that's, it'll be pretty big in that scale, but not terrible. Yeah. And but- I, I think what, uh, what size it's 30 second scale. So it's going to be, scale. yeah. So sorry, you can have to kind of put your brain around your old star Wars figures and your Kenner tie fighter and think it's going to, uh, it's going to yeah, be, okay. well. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be big ish, I guess it's not going to be huge, but uh, it'll be about the, the size of a, say a 32nd scale phantom. Or- I, I bet the panels on the side will be close to, I don't know, 18, 20 inches tall, probably. Yeah, I would think so. Something like that. And the, 30 seconds? I don't think about 30 seconds. Started butt in, guys. You started talking about Star Wars, and I had to unmute ah. my mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's this Brian Dinklage back, folks. Yeah. Hey, boys to Bob. How you doing, brother? Good All to right, talk to Brian. you. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good. Making models, having fun. Yeah. So how big is this thing I'm going to buy going to be? 
I don't think it's going to be that big. You I think a 30 think? second scale. I'm thinking it's probably going to be maybe eight inches on the uh, uh, the diameter for those uh, those panels on the side of the TIE fighter. It's just a standard TIE. It's not like a bomber or anything like that, right? Yeah. No, it's standard TIE fighter. But I'm thinking of the yeah. proportions I've seen like on a 70 second scale TIE fighter and to get a 30 right. second scale figure inside the capsule. True. I, I think it's capsules gonna, are tight. I think it's going to be pretty big. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how it is, man. It's going to be pretty <laughs> cool, regardless. See, here we are sitting here talking sci-fi models, folks. We cover the gamut. Well, we we try. <laughs> well, Bob, what what are you? What did you mention it? Did I miss it? Am I am I, am I flubbing here? What what are you you? What was it again? You were going to build. Um, it, we were talking about the follow-on and, um, you know, the Proteus, uh, ah, okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Fantastic. Ra- voyage. Raquel Welch in a tight jumpsuit. How can you ever forget that? Mike, is that in the kit? No, um, it's in the movie. <laughs> it is. Every time I close my eyes, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> that oh, is man. a great movie. Well, Bob, we, we always appreciate your support, man. And, and, uh, we know we got something cooked up for Nats. I hope, I hope that's going to come to fruition and, uh, mm-hmm. you're going to be emceeing that again. You want to say a little bit about that maybe? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> the, the, the last two, uh, Nats, we've had a, a get together of the podcasters, you know, that were available at the time that came to the, to the, uh, nationals. Um, the first time, uh, just, uh, it was, it was well received, but it was just a, it wasn't a huge crowd, but, uh, uh, last year, I think we showed, uh, everybody that, uh, there's got some real potential in this. People really got in there. They enjoyed it. They loved the interaction. Um, we had, uh, what, seven teams of, uh, podcasters slash vloggers, uh, yep. there. Um, it was, it ended up being a great show. And, uh, everyone, you know, a lot of people got to ask questions. There was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I think there was nothing but positives out of it. So, and, and I was, uh, I was doing it as, uh, initially, you know, there was a question as to, uh, uh, whether, um, you know, uh, Jim Bates was going to be able to get there. You know, I'd said, Hey, I'll be able to do it. And then Jim did. And then we kind of worked together with it. So, you know, we just got together and, and, uh, did our, I'll do this part. You do that part, da, 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 da. And, and, and we made something out of it. And then I decided, well, I'd like to kind of roll with that. Let's, let's go with it. Uh, let me try and own it a little bit for next, uh, next nationals. So, uh, I'm going to, uh, try and just kind of put it together, you know, very similar to what we're already doing about me, you know, maybe a little bit of more interaction, um, making sure that we get more of the audience questions. Cause you know, that's, that's what everyone's there for is, is, is for the people, the audience. And, uh, yeah, maybe some, uh, some photographs as well. We'll get some, uh, uh, some stuff up on, uh, on a screen. And then we want to make sure that we're going to include a video with this as, as well, uh, recording at least streaming even possibly. So yeah, we're, uh, we've got some ideas. Well, good. All right. Well, Bob, thanks for dropping in. I know we got a couple couple more Appreciate queued it. up here, and uh, and I hate to push you off, but we got a. You know how it works. You're a radio guy. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Excellent, excellent to talk to you, Bob. Have a good night, man.
What's up, Brian? You're back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I realized that I came in real quick. I said Heidi Duty to kind of break the ice, and I didn't talk about any modeling stuff. Oh, well, we got to do that. Yeah, come on. A little on. bit, maybe. <laughs> a little bit, you know? Dish. I mean, I... I We've had a lot of conversations throughout the years and over the last two years. And I feel like um, you guys have helped me kind of rekindle some of the aspects of modeling that I had in my youth that I wasn't embracing at the time. Because I was a very prolific mecha modeler when I started listening to you guys. And you actually helped me rekindle um, a little bit of the path that I'm currently on right now. So... Yeah, well, another kudos, another feather in your cap. Oh, thank you. Are you referring mostly to like the historical stuff you're doing again? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm doing oh, historical okay. stuff. I'm doing these automotive models. Um, you know, getting into doing back into doing the um, the aeronautical stuff, the jets and the planes that I used to do when I was a kid back in the 80s and 90s. Um, that I kind of like got away from because of you know whatever the things. And, uh, that's fantastic, man. But I tell you what, man, don't, don't stop making them flying V dubs and stuff. Cause that's, Oh no, no, of course. And that's the thing like that's man. (laughs) When I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do was I wanted to produce, uh, the things that were in my head, you know, the, and, and the, the fantastical stuff. And now I have the life skills and the mechanical skills to be able to actually implement my ideas. Um, so it's, it's super amazing to be able to come back into the genre and have such a good time. And then be able to contribute to the community as well. And I feel like that's just super valuable, you know. Well, let, let me ask you something because yes, uh, some of your, some of your more, I, I would, uh, that, that VW project, it, it was just audacious. It really was. Um, oh, thanks. It was no just fear. really cool. No fear. I, I'm curious, uh, what do you do? What's the day job? What's, oh. your, what's your background? Well, okay. So I kind of, uh, and I say this on my, um, my Facebook art page or whatever, that I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. And that goes to the old adage that it's better than being a master of one. I always been a builder. Um, my, my biological father is a a carpenter and a a craftsman. Uh, my, my stepdad is also, he's a a locksmith and a machinist. Uh, my, my step grandfather was, uh, he works on the railroad and he also built a lot of bungalows and and did a lot of construction. So I have like that influence. My mother is a craftswoman as well. I should say, uh, not to discount. Um, but so I have a lot of influences from my, my childhood that allowed me to pursue creative endeavors and gave me a lot of opportunities to try to, um, pursue a bunch of different avenues. So I did a little while in and landscaping. I did a bunch of time in construction. I've done HVAC. I've done machining. I've done, um, blacksmithing. I've done carpentry and millwork and all the, and a lot of stuff. Like I've been around and that's the, like, kind of like my entire life of the pursuit has given me the confidence that I have now to be able to just say, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> That's part of my French. You can bleep me if you need to Mike. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and I'm just going to go for it. Cause I, and then that's what I do. Um, you know, there's like, you only get one chance. So why not make everything the best that you can? And if you fail, you fail and that's fine. Cause you learn and you, you know, Dave, you've talked about that a bunch too. Like you got to try it. You know, if you don't yeah. try it, you're not going to, I just wish so. I lived it more. <laughs> well, 
that is unfortunately uh, a fate that we're left with as we watch the Christmas Carol, <laughs> you know, all the time here at the at the season. <laughs> we look at that, and, you know, but um, you can't think about what was. You can only look at what is and what can be. Yeah. So try to work towards that. Yeah. Well, your work's impressive, and I, oh, thank you, Dave and I. We have a belief that, and we ought to make it a topic at some at some point, and we vowed to. But all of us can learn and advance our skills. But there's like a separation of a certain smaller group of people that are, are, are true artists who have some innate thing that they see things differently and, and they can get to some place that really, I don't think, I think, uh, I don't think a lot of us will ever aspire to, I mean, we can get maybe 80% of the way there. But, uh, I mean, you look at the classical musicians, of, well, mm-hmm. musicians of any genre, artists of any genre or, or whatever. Um, if, if everybody could play golf, we'd all be Tiger Woods. Right. Um, and it just <laughs> the, it doesn't work that way. And, and Brian, mm-hmm. your, your work impresses me as one of those kind of next level things. Oh. It, it really does. I mean, it's, it's stuff that I would never build. But I look at it and I go, holy crap, man. Are you kidding me? It's it's brilliant. You, your, now, your work's beautiful, and, and you ought to be proud of it if you're not. Now, you, Brian, you have to send a check to Mike, just like <laughs> we've been sending checks to other people. So now you owe Mike a check. Hands down. Yeah. No, you Thank don't. Thank you. You're I welcome. greatly appreciate that. No, I'm you're just very trying welcome. to do my best and well, have fun, you know? Well, yeah. if, you're not, if you're not doing your best, I can't wait to win you do. Yeah, really. <laughs> because it's going to be you. freaking absolutely killer. But Yeah. Uh, Thank Great. you so much. Appreciate uh, that. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you next time. All right. Take care. All right, dude. I got to go. You got me sheepish. All right. All, All right. right. Take care. Ah, <laughs> uh, he does good work, man. He does. Oh, just call, it's amazing. Just call it like stuff. I see it, man. Yeah. Well, he has obviously his mind's eye sees stuff that most people don't have that that gift. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and a lot of those guys will say, "No, nah, anybody can do it," but I don't know. No, no, and, I don't. Uh, I don't believe that for a minute. I absolutely. I you you know at the last national, I had that conversation with TJ. I and, know, and he doesn't know it. He really, <laughs> really does not know. It. Well, so. yeah, we'll have that. We'll have that conversation. We'll work up that episode, and, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Well, Dave, that's. The whole thing's been a special segment, and we're getting close to two hours here, man. I so. know. I know. So it's about, about time for shout-outs and to wrap things up. Uh, well, we, you got we, any shout-outs? You're, you're ahead of the outline there, brother. Oh, uh, didn't we model it? Didn't we wrap up the modeling fluid? No. Oh, okay. Well, we got to – okay. Adam, how do you get in? Uh, scroll up. I think there's some descriptions of uh, – yeah, it's not – a hundred percent obvious, but if you want to try and get in, go ahead and do it while I well, talk about my modeling fluid. Uh, I had the atomic amber, very good, very drinkable, local. Um, it's it is a more full-bodied version of your classic uh, American beer, such as a Coors or or Miller or whatever. Uh, very drinkable. I enjoyed it a lot. So, Mike, uh, how about you? I wouldn't call either one of those you mentioned by comparison as an amber. Well, yeah, you're right. You you are right. But 
as far as anybody who's used to drinking mass market American beer will drink this and enjoy it. And, and it, like I said, it has more body than your classic American uh, mass market beer, but it's in the ballpark as far as you won't be put off because of hoppiness or because of unusual flavors. It's, it's very drinkable. I could particularly, I could see drinking that a lot in the summer. So I like it. How about you? Well, the Mictors is some really good stuff. It is. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. Yep. And you know, the price was right. I got it for Christmas. <laughs> Here you go. Ah, uh, but I changed gears on the refill. Okay, but I won't disclose. That's all right. But it's uh, it's good. It's pretty good too. A lot what, different. But it, what is ahead. the what is the proof on the mixers? Uh, I can't remember, Dave. I didn't bring it down with me. Okay, well, look in the show notes because it'll be there. <laughs> so don't let me forget. I will not let you forget. Uh, well, the the fluids are good this time. And it uh, sounded like a few few folks out there listening were having one as well. So Yes, which is all the better. Makes the conversation flow. Okay, now I'm not ahead, and we're doing shout-outs of the month. So, Mike, do you have a shout-out of the month or episode? Well, I want to shout-out all these fantastic Patreon and PayPal contributors. It's just real humbling to to know folks out there – give enough about what we're doing to uh, actually throw a little coin our way and, and help us out along the way. And it's just, uh, it's great. I can't see yes. what, can't wait to see what 2023 brings um, on all fronts, not just this one, but uh, uh, with folks like this is the reason we get to have a 2023 for the most part, because, you know, we got some expenses to pay and, and all this just helps out along the way. And, and uh, it's, it's really great knowing we got the support. And again, I, you know, I have said this again and again, you and I did this. We started, um, I didn't know what to expect and the community that built up around it has been just so surprising to me and such a joy. I mean, you know, in the morning I'm DMing with, Dave Goldfinch in Australia about something uh, uh, middle of the day. I'm getting an email from Steve Hustad with pictures of his latest work that makes me want to cry and quit the quit the hobby. Then in the evening, uh, I'm getting responding to an email from somebody, uh, a listener who sent in uh, a question or a. Uh, suggestion or stuff like, and then we go to a contest and we get to meet all these people. This has all been, none of that was nowhere in my mind when we started this was, was that even a consideration? And it turned out to be the best part of all of this. What you said about that, making this, this type of episode possible. And, you know, we've had a few, hiccups along the way and we'll figure it out. It's the first time we've ever done this. And, and in fact, I'm trying to get somebody in now who we really need to talk to. So, <laughs> I think he needs Google Chrome. 
if he doesn't have Google Chrome, we may have a problem, but I'm going to send him an email right now for a direct. I'm sending him a message. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Adam. Mike. Dave. Yay. What's up? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> well, we worked hard to get you in here, man. Well, I, I, I heard all the things, wonderful things you said. And if there was anything you said that was negative, it was when I had the app closed. So I'm, I'm not in any way affected. No, we just said that Apple and Safari bite as far as uh, doing this sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I yeah, it's just that thing of you know. Now, now that I've seen it, I've got it. It's straight through on Chrome. Everything worked flawlessly, and it is now. So, look, I I managed to have the. Um, if you don't mind, I just want to say a couple of things real briefly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first thing is, um, you know, I, I listened to the last twenty twenty five minutes worth of discussion, and I, I thought this was great, and I, I really think that. Um, uh, I mean, as, as much as you know, as I I love the show and uh, and and what it's doing, I, I think that this has just added such a unique dimension to it. Because uh, I wanted to talk briefly about the second thing that, and Mike uh, might relate to this, being a 170 second scale armor modeler. But last night I I tried a um a twosome, um, which I've never done in 50 years of modeling. Could you want me to describe how good that was to you? All right. So you've heard of S model, uh, Mike? I'm sure. Yes, yes. yes. So, um, so anyway, I, I've always I've got quite a collection of S model stuff, and you know, there's different opinions about it. But uh, last night, I thought I'm going to try. I've never done this in, as I said, in 50 years. Um, I'm going to build two models of the same thing simultaneously and see if I can better improve the assembly on the second one after doing the first. And um, uh, I've come to the conclusion that I'm uh, equally is equally the same on each, (laughs) 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 Um, you know, um, but I had the advantage of, uh, so I'm building the S model BMP one. I love the BMP one. Yep. Well, so I happen to be out of town at the moment. I'm actually in Las Vegas, away from from uh, Texas, and I know that at Battlefield Vegas that they had a BMP one, a one to one scale version. And yep. So anyway, long story short, I'm building the the uh, the BMP one with the Sagger on the front and everything on top of the the main gun. And I thought, golly, I think there's one of those at Battlefield Vegas. So I zip over there today, and what do I find? Lo and behold. Exactly the exact same subtype of BMP one as the S model is built. So uh, I managed to find one or two tiny errors with the kit, but for the most part, it's actually right on the money. And uh, so I think it's the first time in all these years that I've ever done that, where I've had something in front of me that I've said, you know what, I'm going to go check out what the real one looks like just down the street. And uh, <laughs> yeah, re- anyway, highly recommend the the BMP one by S model and and. Uh, have you guys tried that thing of building two of the same kit simultaneously? I I have not, but I will tell you that, Adam, every time I finish a model, one of the reactions I have is I want to build another one of the same kit 
because now I understand all the things I should do differently. Now, I never do it, but I always have that inclination. Uh, our friend Jeff Groves does this thing where he batch builds, you know, 10 of the exact same model or 10 <laughs> of the different variations of the exact same uh, prototype item. I, I greatly admire that. I could never do that. I'm a serial modeler, uh, generally one thing at a time until I becomes a shelf queen, and then I start the next one. Well, which... St- Steve Husted, in a, well, he said it in, in about every inter, inter, every segment we've done with him, is that he, he builds more than one at once as well. Yes, he does. And then we've got a guest coming up in mid-January that you'll hear about in the 12-Minute Model Sphere that... Uh, uh, I suspect Batch builds ME 109s. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. There's something to be said for, you know, either mixing the appropriate paints and all that kind of thing, right? There's something that I guess from a time standpoint is really helpful that way. But I, I even even doing that last night with two of the same kid, I started to feel a bit of that production line kind of things slipping in and uh you know I, I could see where golly i don't know how anyone could do 10 <laughs> i mean i i'd like geez that's but anyway but have, have either of you um had experience with the s model 170 second scale builds no don't they do don't they do a btr 4e the ukrainian vehicle yep they do a btr4 that's right i want to do that vehicle I, i've not I, i've Looked at them and considered them. I, I primarily build 35th scale, so I, this 72nd scale is kind of new to me, but yeah, S, S model has certainly been one on the radar, as as has, uh, uh, well, it was Planet, but now I think it's uh, the resin kits mostly from from uh, Special Hobby. Yeah. Special Armor, I think they're even special calling armor. now, something like that. But uh, yeah. some really interesting stuff out there in 72nd scale. And it's all getting better, too. That's that's the big thing. Um Especially some of the injection molded seventy second scale kits, the Flyhawk and uh, oh god, what's the other one? It does the Panthers? Um, oh, Vespid, 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 yeah, I yeah, mean, that, yeah. That stuff's it's getting good. It's getting impressive for that scale. And, and uh, if, if you're if you're if you want for space, uh, that's they're making that a lot a lot more viable option than it used to be. Well, Adam, let me back up a little bit. Um, you say you're from Texas, but that's not a Texas accent you've Oh, got. come on. That's a classic Texas accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, um, no, I, so I originally from Australia a uh, long time ago now. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I cut my teeth on uh, on Matchbox and Airfix and all that uh, back in the day. I think, I think, um, if I were off the top of my head, I remember... The first build that I can clearly remember doing was the Airfix ME262 in 172nd scale, oh. in in the blue in the blue inject plastic and yes. and being yeah. being completely like in the end I didn't put the landing gear on and it wasn't for the fact that it, the kit didn't have landing gear it was the fact that I didn't have the skills to actually or the patience that's probably it of the patience to let the half a tube of of airfix glue that i'd stuck on the underside to actually <laughs> make the landing gear sit um but i still remember very vividly sitting on the um uh sitting on its jumo jets and thinking well i've made one in flight and i hung it up from the ceiling but the one i truly remember 
the first time I ever built a model and I thought, man, that looks really good. Now, okay, it was a relative statement. It was probably a year or two later, and it was a Matchbox Fock Wolf 190. And uh, oh. you remember the old Matchbox kits used to come in two colors and three colors? You know? Yes. Yep. And, yep. and they gave you the painting and- instructions for, obviously, if you wanted to do the full aircraft or you wanted to partially do it, you know, they would tell you, yep. like, just, yeah. And I did the partially do it, as you do when you're nine years old, right? And um, I, I, to this day, I, I still reckon that that, that Airfix Fock Wolf 190 is one of the nicest little 72nd scale kits out there. Um, so yeah, so I started. I started with those, and the to me, one thirty fifth was always like the and the Hasegawa stuff. That was always the, you know, couldn't afford that, and that was clearly the big stuff. But I think we all grew up with that stuff. Well, Adam, one more thing I, I want to mention is that uh, we we met you face to face in Las Vegas at the IPMS National Convention for twenty twenty one. And this idea was actually a suggestion you made that we should do a call-in show. And it's taken a year and a half to get to where we could actually pull this off. But uh, for the first one, uh, you know, I've got to edit a little bit, but uh, folks have already, a handful of folks have already heard this live and uh, have called in. We've had some good conversations, some good laughs, and uh, I'm so glad you got in because uh, I don't know – Maybe this would have come to us at some point, but maybe somebody would have beat us to it. So you you put this bug in our ear to try to do this and thought this would be a good idea. And I thought it would be a good idea, too. I just at the time didn't know how to do it. And we got there and I didn't say anything about it until I sent those emails out. I mean, for a year and a half, I've kept this under under, under wraps because I didn't want anybody else to do it. So, Adam... uh, He's saying it's all your fault. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, I, I think, you know, that one of the things that, that the hobby struggles with a little bit is inclus- inclusivity of, of people, right? It's a solitary hobby for the most part. When you're, you know, when you're at the bench, right, it's, you know, you're not really engaged in a conversation with a half a dozen people. But listening to the way the show has gone over the last couple of years, I mean, it's, you just, add something different if you think about and you probably already have you know like having some of the vendors you know some of the suppliers and manufacturers come on i mean experts in all these different fields and such i mean there's just so many um so much information that can be put out there and and just the conviviality of of having a group of people that all have the same thing i mean i was fascinated listening you know to the last half an hour like oh it's just really cool you know uh so full credit you know to both of you for getting it to where it's it is now and it's uh it's cutting edge stuff and i mean that sincerely well thank you Uh, thank you so much to mike i mean seriously big and aussie in texas i assume we we will see you in san marcos barring no uh no scheduling difficulties. Oh no! You know what? I was uh, I had four devices simultaneously on the hit reservation button come midnight um, <laughs> about three months ago, and I hit all four simultaneously because I thought, "What's the worst that can happen?" Right? And twelve oh three was the first was the first one, and then half a second later, another one popped up. So um, I managed to palm that one off to somebody else, and. We were good, so <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, I was I was going to make that no matter what. But anyway, guys, look, um, I know you've got to wrap it up, but thank you very much for your time and uh, all the best with the with the show. And and this is really wonderful. 
Thanks for the idea. Appreciate it very much. Cheers. 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 All right, Dave. Yeah. Where we got? We shouted out. We shouted out, man. I think we, Mike. The whenever you try something new technologically, you're always worried. And and we did a minor test with this, but we had no idea how it was going to go. And it really seems to have gone well. And I got to say, I'm thrilled, and I'm glad you. Uh, technologically got us to the point with the right software that could get us here. So, well, we'll do it again. Yeah. So I mean, there's no question. Definitely going to put at least one of these on the schedule for 2023. So thanks. Thanks to everybody who who did call in. Thanks to everybody who was out in the audience who who didn't or couldn't for, for technical reasons. Um, uh, I'll try to put together a little bit better uh, notes section and maybe we'll put it in the, in the listener notes or sure we'll put it on the dojo maybe it's a pinned a yeah. pinned thing so folks can, can see what they need to do to get in because you know we've got two major operating systems out there in the world and, and platforms are built to favor one versus the other usually and that's just the way it is right now and it's probably always yeah. going to be that way but uh we got adam on which i really want to do because it, absolutely folks this was the su- suggestion he made at the IPMS National Convention yes, in Las Vegas. I remember Nevada. that. How about, why don't you do a call-in show? And I'm like, yep. well, I can think technically why we don't, but um, conceptually, no, it's a very good idea. So uh, have our own little version of car talk. There you go. Well, Dave, <laughs> we're at the end of this, man. I know. You know what they say. So many kids. So little time, Dave. Happy New Year. We'll see you in the new year, man. Happy New Year, Mike. All right.